recently, I went to watch a film, a documentary film called The Triumph. It's a documentary that follows a young man, Ben, who travels to Medjugorje. I'm not sure if he's a believer or a skeptic, but he has some addictions issues and his parents send him with the hopes that he can find healing. Now, I'm sure most of you have heard of Medjugorje. It's a small Bosnian town where, in 1981, six teenagers claimed to be having apparitions of the Virgin Mary. The place has become quite the pilgrimage spot with millions of visitors, and I think it's safe to say that most of them have had some sort of conversion experience while visiting Medjugorje. In fact, many people probably take it for granted that Medjugorje is approved by the church, but it's not. See, the church will not approve Marian apparitions until they've stopped happening. And in Medjugorje, the apparitions, allegedly, have not stopped since 1981. And that's very unusual for Mary to appear regularly for 30 years. But apparently, she's still appearing, at least once a month, to at least one of the visionaries, Mariana. We meet her in the film. But it's complicated because the local bishop at the time of the apparitions began said that he did not support them and then his successor expressed the same opinion, that nothing supernatural was taking place in Medjugorje. So then the Vatican stepped in and that's where we are. It's not approved, but it's not not approved. Private pilgrimages are allowed, but not official pilgrimages that may make it look like the church officially approves of what's happening there. So, it puts me in a bit of a difficult place. Are we going against church authority if we go to Medjugorje? Well, not really. Am I going against church authority if I tell people they should watch The Triumph? Because I think people should watch it. It's not the best documentary ever made, but I think every Catholic believer, skeptic, doubter, or faithful should watch it. I think it will bring you closer to Christ. I think you'll be moved, and maybe it will even move you to prayer. Isn't that what Mary does? Bring us to Jesus? So it can't be that bad. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. First of all, we have a winner for last week's featured album, Under the Sun, by featured artist Joe Morales. And the winner is Dana Keller. Congratulations, Dana Keller. Please send us an email to radio at saltandlighttv.org so we can mail you your prize. If you'd like to enter our weekly draw, all you have to do is go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Scroll down a bit. And look on the right side where it says, Stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. All you need to do is enter your name and your email address. Every Saturday we draw a name. And you can see there also who our previous winners are in case you missed it. And today we have all our usual features. And our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, returns to tell us what she learned from her kids this week. That's going to be in about 15 minutes. And in our second half hour, we'll be airing a conversation I had with Father Scott Hurd a couple weeks ago about his new book, when Faith Feels Fragile, that's in about half an hour, and Mark Mallett returns as our featured artist. He has two new albums, and we'll talk to him about that towards the end of the program. But first, let's begin with one of his new songs, C.C., from his new album, Vulnerable. Can a mother forget her baby? 
For the child within her womb Even should she forget I will never forget you Upon the palms of my hands I have written your name I've counted your hands And I've counted your cares I've collected your tears all the same See, see You've never been far from me I carry you in my heart I promise we'll Even though you may tire, I promise I'll always be true. See, see, you've never been far from me. I carry you in my heart. I promise we'll not be apart. Mark Mallet singing with Kathleen Dunn with C.C. from his new album, Vulnerable. And we're going to be chatting with Mark in our second half hour and in about five minutes, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. But first, Alicia is here with our news. Yes, and this week I've got a variety of things. We've uh-huh. got an update on the USCCB, of course an update on the Philippines, mm-hmm. and um, Law and Order Vatican Styles. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's always fun. Well, yes. not really, mm. but... Interesting, Interesting to listen yes. to. 
So first up, the Plenary Assembly of the USCCB, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, was held this week. The U.S. bishops elected a new president and vice president. Archbishop Joseph Kurtz is the new president. And Cardinal Daniel Donardo is the new vice mm-hmm. president. Yes. Also this week, the bishops decided to release a pastoral statement on the issue of pornography. The Committee on Laity, Marriage, Family Life, and Youth will develop the statement. Bishop Richard Malone of Buffalo presented the issue to the bishops, and he said that pornography poses a continuing pastoral challenge, which is why they need this statement. Bishop Kevin Rhodes of Fort Wayne, South Bend, explained further that it is a challenge because of how easily available it is on the Internet. Uh And he said that priests have been reporting increased numbers of people in uh, re- confessing right. use of pornography, and they want to know how to counsel these people. Mm-hmm. So it is time for a pastoral statement on the issue of pornography. They expect it to be ready by 2015 and will hopefully work towards um, a pastoral plan, like how to reach out to people who are affected by pornography. Yeah, very important. We've spoken to Matt Frad, who talks about the detrimental effects of that and just how addictive it can be. Yes. Next up, all eyes are on the Philippines this Mm -hmm. week, of course, after Typhoon Haiyan hit, causing unprecedented damage and loss of life. Um, the government in the Philippines declared a state of calamity. So not a state of emergency, but a state of calamity. Mm-hmm. Many different organizations have pledged their help. The Canadian government is sending the Disaster Assistance Response Team, or DART. DART, yes. And Canada's own Development and Peace has pledged $100,000 for disaster relief, and they are working with Caritas Philippines, which is already on the ground coordinating food and shelter for victims. Now, in the U.S., Catholic Relief Services has committed to providing shelter, safe drinking water, and essential hygiene items to 32,000 families. Mm -hmm. Um, In a statement on their website, CRS said that the main challenge is actually getting those supplies where they need to go because many airfields and ports are no longer functional. Yeah, right. Now, uh, just a note, because in about 10 minutes, Sheridan will be actually speaking Mm -hmm. with someone from Development and Peace. He's a Filipino. Uh, who works for Development of Peace in Montreal, so we'll have more details on, on what actually Development of Peace is doing. Exactly. And just to add to that, the Canadian and U.S. bishops have both asked for a special collection this weekend to be taken up at all masses. Right. So support coming from all mm-hmm. around. Now, I mentioned we have something that falls under the category of law and order. Law and order. Vatican yes. styles. It, I can hear the theme song. <laughs> you know, it's really it is something that's interesting to listen to. It's unfortunate that stuff like this is so interesting to to read about, but mm-hmm. it is an unhappy story and it is coming out of Rome. The Camillian fathers are going through a difficult time. Their superior general was arrested by Italian authorities last week. Now, the Camillian fathers are also known as the ministers of the infirm and they run hospitals and rehab centers around the world. I think in North America their only center is in Milwaukee if I'm not mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. So it goes without saying then that whoever is the superior general has access to the funds that come in from these hospitals and gets to decide on contracts that these hospitals give out to different service providers. So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Father Renato Salvatore was superior general until he was arrested last week. It is alleged 
that he convinced two finance police, Italy has a financial police force, uh-huh. to bring in and hold for questioning two other chameleon priests who were likely to block his re-election as superior general. They were questioned about property deals that the order was involved in, but what's more, they were questioned, they were brought in on the very day that the election for superior general was taking place. So he made sure with these contacts that they would not be Be at the election. Wow. And it is believed that this happened because Father Salvatore was eager to control some of the lucrative construction contracts at Chameleon Hospitals, in particular at one hospital in Naples that the order runs. As the investigation continued, it is um, beginning to appear that Father Salvatore was working with an accountant and siphoning money off to international bank accounts. Now, all of this actually came to light quite accidentally because the accountant, Paolo Olivero, was being watched by Italian police and his phone was tapped. And in one of those wiretaps, he talked about the whole scheme to block these two priests who wanted to, you know, block Father Salvatore's re-election. The chameleons are now working with the Congregation for Institutes of Religious Life to deal with the situation. The Order's Vicar General, along with three consultors, are helping to um, keep the Order united, and some of the past superior generals are actually stepping up to help run the order. Hmm. So, And they are consulting with a canonist to determine how to proceed. It's a difficult process, and of course we pray for the Chameleon Fathers at this difficult moment. Yeah, very sad. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alicia Ambrosio. Alicia Ambrosio, our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can see Alicia every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Vatican Connections on Salt and Light TV, and you can also follow her at Vati Connections. I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio and visit us there and stay connected with us for a chance to win weekly music prizes. You can also email us at radio at saltandlighttv.org and just ask to be entered. And now it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Hi, Deacon Pedro. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thank who's, you very much. Who's our saint this week? Okay, you know, uh, we're right in the middle of November. Uh, we're continuing um, this month remembering all those holy men and women who've gone before us. Right. Uh, so today I thought we'd look at St. Margaret of Scotland. Okay. So um, a very, very holy woman indeed. Um, so Margaret was an English princess. Uh, her and her mother sailed to Scotland to escape from the king who had conquered their land. Okay. Um, now, King Malcolm of Scotland welcomed them and actually fell in love uh, with the beautiful princess, with Margaret. Right. So Margaret and Malcolm were married uh, before too long. As queen, Margaret changed her husband Malcolm and the country for the better. And I say that because uh, when we look at their story, we know that Malcolm was good, but he and his court were very rough. Uh-huh. When he saw how wise his, his wife was, how St. Margaret was, he listened to her good advice. Yeah. She softened his temper and led him to practice great virtue. Hmm. Um, she made the court very beautiful and civilized. Uh, soon all the princes had uh, better manners, and the ladies copied her purity and devotion. Nice. The king and queen gave wonderful example to everyone by the way that they had prayed together and fed crowds of poor people, and they did that with their very own hands, hmm. which, is, which is very interesting. Wow, yeah. Um, they seem to have only one desire, uh, Deacon Pedro, and that was to make everyone happy and good. 
Um, so that's very profound, I think. Yeah. Uh, Margaret was a blessing for all the people of Scotland. Uh, before she came, there was a lot of great ignorance, uh, many bad habits that were taken on by the people. Margaret, being there, worked hard to obtain really good teachers uh, to correct many of the evil practices, and she strived to have new churches built. Right. So uh, she loved to make the churches uh, beautiful and glorious for God, and she actually, very interestingly, she embroidered the priest's vestments herself. Really? Yeah. So God sent Margaret six sons and two daughters. Uh, we know that she loved them very dearly and raised them uh, to the best that they could be. Her youngest boy, we know, became St. David. Oh, okay. So um, Margaret, you know, as everyone had, uh, had sorrows and, and faults, um, she struggled, and in her last illness, she learned that both her husband, Malcolm, and her son, Edward, had been killed in battle. Uh-huh. So she turned and uh, reached out to God, and she prayed, I thank you, Almighty God, for sending me so great a sorrow to purify me from my sins. Hmm. So when we hear of her life story, when we look at, at, at the example of Margaret, I think um, moving forward, while we do our own duties, hopefully uh, you and I can keep in mind the joys that you know, God has for us and will give us in heaven. Mm-hmm. So uh, her free feast day in the Universal Church is today, uh, Saturday, November the 16th, and she died in the year 1093. Okay, so that's St. Margaret, St. Margaret of, of Scotland. Pray for us. St. Margaret of Scotland, feast day today, November 16th. Uh, good. Good, nice, good inspiration. Thank you, Andrew. Good. Andrew Santos, our saint expert. This is Joe Morales. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can also find me on Facebook, Deacon Pedro, and on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for having me again and again. It's like you're actually learning something from me and my I, kids. I am, and, and I'm sure our listeners are too. I, I love this. <laughs> this is one of my favorite segments. Oh, so have you learned? Did you learn anything this week? I did. This one is a bit uh, harsh and brutally honest, and uh, it's really uh, it's like a flashing neon sign. Um, what my kids taught me this week was, unless you are a baby, do not act like a baby. <laughs> I and love this, it. <laughs> oh, that's it great. refers to no one except for me. It's, oh, good. So uh, I'm Annie, the one who's been acting like a baby. Annie can be a baby. Yes, I love it. She can I be a baby. It. Joseph yes. and Henry also kind of allowed to act like babies, or at least small children. But mothers should not act like babies. Great advice. Yeah. I um, love it. <laughs> I find that the <laughs> afternoon hours, um, particularly the last two hours leading up to supper, and I know this is very common among other moms, Yeah. these are the hardest hours of the day. Um, often I have to wake up the two youngest from their naps so that we can go to the school and pick up Joseph, yeah. who comes home grumpy and tired from right. a long day of school. Yes. So I have two children who are tired from being woken up, and I have one child tired from using up all the good he had in him at school. And and I still have a stretch of time where I need to keep them entertained, and I need to love them, and I need to make supper, and I just need to finish up the day. And I'm, and I look at those last two hours as um, almost like a marathon where I just, like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. Yes. Every day, every day. Um, so on this one particular day, which may or may not have been yesterday uh, at the supper table. <laughs> it was with, you know, how David comes home and then there's this added level of noise and excitement that daddy's home. And yes. 
I just, I, I just felt like at the table it was too loud. They were too rude. I was too tired. It just nothing was. It wasn't a peaceful, happy family supper. And I excused myself from the table, and I didn't really excuse myself from the table. I think I got up from the table and I was muttering, "It's too noisy. I can't take this anymore. That's it." And I might have stomped my foot on the way out for dramatic effect. Right. And I went upstairs. I just needed to take a breather. Time out. Yeah, but when I was upstairs and I could hear them. Um, it wasn't hearing naughty children. I was hearing lovely voices, and I was hearing them telling Dad about their day, and I was hearing them laughing and making jokes, and I was hearing a family, except I wasn't there. I was too busy up, upstairs pouting. I was, I was having my break, which in fact really wasn't a break. I was just having a tantrum, and I was missing out on my family mm-hmm. and realized that, you know, um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> God called me to this vocation uh, all the time, not some of the time. He said, you know, he called me to be this mom um, 100% of my day, not just when I feel like it, mm-hmm. um, and certainly not, I just can't walk away when I feel like it's too much. So I needed to, in that very moment, I needed to stop acting like a baby mm-hmm. and join my family again and make my apologies and continue being that mom that God has called me to be. Not a baby, just a mom. <laughs> wow. Did you apologize? I did. Really? That's <laughs> they so didn't hard. even really notice, no. is the thing. <laughs> Which is good, I'm glad. They're oh, little enough wow. that those things can kind of go by them. Um, but I'm not so glad that those things happen, that I'm the one who puts those in front of them every once in a while. Just do, you know, do you know, can I say, I love this, uh, I love these segments because you remind me so much of our own, of my own. <laughs> so many times that, yeah, the noise, and I have, well, yeah, I have two boys as well. You now have Annie, but she, I'm sure she's not very loud yet. She is, oh, she is. Is she she's loud? so loud. She's the loudest of them all. Oh. <laughs> but, and I was like, oh my God, stop making, stop laughing, I'll tell my kids. And then I think... <laughs> You know, at least they're laughing and not fighting exactly. or yelling at or calling yeah. each other names. They're just laughing, yeah. but it's loud. And there are moments, too, oh. where I'll catch, like, Joseph and Henry will be busy playing a game, and it'll be the sweetest giggles. But I know that those sweetest giggles also mean we're about to do something naughty. <laughs> and so you feel terrible marching in there, like, what are you laughing about? When you really, like, you should be celebrating that they're that playing they're laughing. and laughing together, yes. but instead you're demanding to know what is this fun and frivolity, and it must stop now. I know, stop but. the frivolity, I like it. <laughs> um, but you know what, can I just say, um, you did take the time out. And as, did, as, yeah. as, as idealistic it is to know that we're called to be parents 24-7, that's that's an ideal, <laughs> and the reality is that sometimes we do need to take timeouts. Just don't don't be a baby about it. Exactly. Like uh, I, there is a difference between yes taking a break, yes, and, yeah. and having a, a little fit. <laughs> so. Yes. Okay. No pouting. No whining. Yeah. No tantrums. Don't be a baby. Don't be a baby. Words of wisdom from Jillian Campbell. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering, full of grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of. Loud and happy, Joseph, (laughs) Henry, and Annie. Hi, I'm Amanda Vernon, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Send us your comments via Facebook to facebook.com slash slradio1 or email us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. And here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update. Hello, my friends. As you know... 
Many of us have been watching, um, you know, just the devastation that's been caused by Typhoon Haiyan, also yes. known as Yolanda, on the ground in the Philippines. Uh-huh. And it's just devastated the, the Philippines. Um, and this only weeks after that recent earthquake that they had. And as you can imagine, many of the existing resources are already tapped yes. between the earthquake and th- this typhoon. And the death toll keeps climbing every day. Mm-hmm. Now, the good news is that people around the world are responding. Mm-hmm. For example, the Canadian government has agreed to match every dollar raised uh, supporting relief efforts. Now, this initiative is a great opportunity to double the impact of our donations. And with every additional dollar, we get it matched right. by the government. In so Canada, yes. Yes, in okay. Canada. So earlier this week, I spoke with Jess Augustin. He's the program officer for the Canadian Catholic Organization for Development and Peace to find out more. Jess, thanks very much for speaking with us. What's the situation on the ground as we speak? Well, right now, the the uh, the scale of the the damage is uh, really staggering, and. Uh, the the response of the different uh, government agencies and in uh, other countries is uh, so uh, chaotic at, and, until this point mm-hmm. uh, there are some uh, lack of coordination and uh, the biggest challenge right now is the the relief aid is not really reaching to uh, the, you know, remote areas so most mm-hmm. of the uh, relief work is being done in uh, major cities. I heard that the problem is really transportation. They can't even get into these regions. Uh, well, yes, and also communication. So the, 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 uh, the challenge of access and to really get a, a, a picture of, of uh, the extent of the damage is, is quite uh, enormous that uh, the people are basically just responding to, to areas that uh, that's accessible uh, for example in Tacloban uh, city and they just opened the airport but in other areas uh, we still have not really reached it what are the efforts that development and peace are putting in place to respond well we, we're working in coordination with our local partner the Caritas or uh, NASA and uh, we, you know, we have been uh, a partner with this organization for a, a long time. And we're also working with uh, other humanitarian organizations and focusing on temporary shelter, drinking water, and other uh, essential household and hygiene items. Uh, they have distributed the tarpaulins uh, because uh, even right now they're it is raining. No? There's another typhoon that's coming in. Wow. Yeah. What has been the response with the Filipino community here in Canada so far? Oh, it's incredible. Last night I was in a meeting of uh, Filipino community leaders, and the uh, the Philippine Center was just jam-packed, and each one shared what they're going to do. And there are a lot of fundraising activities and there were mayors and councillors there from uh, uh, different municipalities in Quebec, and they are uh, also uh, pledged to help, and they, are, they even uh, provided uh, access to all the facilities that the Filipinos can use. So for the first time, uh, I felt like the, the, the Filipino community 
uh, have come together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was invited to speak, and I, and my closing remark, I told them that we have to show to the world that when we come together and when we aside, we set aside our petty politics and regionalism, we can be as pow- uh, more than powerful than the typhoon uh, Yolanda. In addition to our prayers, how can we help this effort? Well, the the, the best uh, you know, support and assistance that we can provide is by cash donation. Right. And uh, because uh, that's the most efficient way, and 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 it's also uh, you know you're, you're supporting local economies because most of the supplies will be bought in. In uh, in the Philippines, rather than sending it from here, from Canada to, uh, and it takes time uh, to deliver the goods. So cash donation is uh, very important. And in the case of development and peace, uh, the Canadian government uh, promised that they will uh, match uh, donations that we uh, we raise from the Canadian public. Thanks very much for your time, Jess. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was speaking with Jess Augustine, the Program Officer at the Canadian Catholic Organization for Development and Peace. To find out how you can help those devastated by the typhoon, please visit devp.org. And if you're in the States, check out the Catholic Relief Services website at crs.org. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Sheridan. Coming up in our second half hour, When Faith Feels Fragile and a featured chat with Mark Mallett. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. It's almost the end of the year of faith. Actually, we have exactly one more week, and we've been spending a lot of time thinking about faith. But today, I'm thinking about the people who are not thinking about faith. They've been hurt by the church or have had bad church experiences. They have strayed away. For whatever reason, their faith has been weakened. Maybe they feel that God is far away. This is the topic of a new book by Father Scott Hurd whom we spoke to last year regarding his book on forgiveness. I spoke to Father Scott a few weeks ago about his new book, When Faith Feels Fragile. Thank you for having me on the program. Father Scott Hurd, back on the program, because you were were on the Salt and Light Hour before, speaking about your book, Forgiveness. Um, When Faith Feels Fragile, Help for the Weary, Weak, and Wandering. Okay, all the alliteration aside, That's right. faith feels fragile. Weary, weary, the weary, the weak, and the wandering. Why? Who are these people? Um, all of us um, at certain points of our lives. Uh, just two weeks ago, our Holy Father, during his Angelus address, uh-huh. spoke of the fragility of faith. Right. And he wasn't directing those words, I think, to a specific subset of the church. It, it's something that all of us experience at certain points along our our spiritual journey. So at times we can all be weary, weak, and wandering, or are there people who are wanderers and people who are... Well, maybe we could pick one of those. Sometimes we're weary, sometimes we're weak, sometimes we're one. Maybe not all three at the same time. Weakly wandering. But, uh, yes. <laughs> so why write this book? Why? What's, what journey were you on? 
right. that made you write this book? Sure. Well, in pastoral ministry, uh, people share their lives with you and their faith struggles. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you come to really appreciate um, how difficult it is to be a person of faith um, at times. And that's been my experience as well. So in writing a book like this, okay, I'm preaching to myself, and, <laughs> and hopefully this is reflective of my experience in serving the people of God. So, and, and, I, and I agree with you because absolutely in, in pastoral ministry, you, this, I mean, we, these are the conversations that, that we most often have right. with people. Uh, call it doubt or call it unbelief or mm -hmm. call it struggles with particular church teaching or anger at that one priest who did whatever when I was, you know, having my first communion. Mm -hmm. All that contributes to a weak faith. Um, all of those factors, and we may not experience all of them, but everything you just enumerated can contribute to, to people feel like they're just kind of hanging on by a thread mm -hmm. in their faith commitment. So, now, this is a bit of a, a, a obvious question because I think you and I know the answer. Why, why is it important? Why is it important? I mean, if my faith is just hanging by a thread, I think it's helpful at one angle to reassure people that if they feel their faith is hanging on by a thread, it's not the end of the world, okay? Many people have experienced this and it can get stronger. And so I hope to offer some hope. So but I guess that my struggle is that this sort of um, assumes that people want something better. But don't we all? Um, it, it, maybe even not consciously, but, but deep down, we're, we're hardwired by God to have a relationship with Him. So someone who's, someone who's let's say, uh, an outright atheist, I, I'm angry at the church, or I don't believe in God, or whatever, can we look at that person and say, that's a fragile faith, or that's an absent faith? Um, is it the same thing? And how is that different than someone who went through a horrible illness, and they're doubting? Sure. Sure. You know, someone who is a professed atheist, mm -hmm. I, I think it's fair to say there's probably an absence of faith there. Yeah. But at the same time, deep down, there is a hunger for something more. Okay. Um, but someone who maybe is angry at the church or they're going through doubts, there is faith, but the, the foundation is a little bit shaky. So two different categories of, of people, but there, there is a common denominator. Right, in, in the sense that they need strengthening. That's right. Strengthening. Yeah. So what are some uh, factors that might contribute to people's faith feeling fragile? Sure. Well, you, you mentioned several of them earlier. Uh -huh. um, anger at the church is one. Wrestling with doubts about mm -hmm. what the church teaches. Um, suffering in their life can lead people to question the goodness of God. And sometimes we just get distracted. Okay. We're, we're, we're so busy, we're so consumed with other things that time for faith matters seems like a luxury. Right. Yeah, and not a priority. Right. Okay, so that's probably a, mo a lot of people in you mm -hmm. know our cities, North America, too much driving around, kids to this place and that place and that's work. Right. And, um, and, and not putting, not making faith a priority. That's right. That's right. Um, and so making faith a bit more of a priority um, as much as we can is certainly um, one prescription to strengthen yeah, our okay. faith. Yeah. Perseverance is a biggie, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. Um, even if we don't feel like God is active and present in our life, if we don't feel like making time for right. faith matters, 
keeping on, keeping on, doesn't sound very exciting, no. but um, it's, it's essential. Yeah, so perseverance. Right. Um, it's not unlike an athlete that has to persevere even though they might not feel that they're getting anything out of it. St. Paul mentions that quite yeah, often yeah, in his, his letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a yeah. lot of parallels between <laughs> athletic training and the spiritual mm -hmm. life. Um, but in addition to that, I, I think it's important for us to recognize that God is present and active in our life 24-7. Every situation, every circumstance, that's right. And mm -hmm. can we make an intentional effort to see the hand of God all around us. Um, you got to work at it, mm -hmm. it's, but, but if you work at it, the, the fruits, the benefits are immeasurable. Right. So uh, what about people who feel that their own faith is, is fine, strong, but their husband or their child or a loved one, mm -hmm. a parent, that they see them struggling, what are some practical things that that person can do? Sure, it's interesting you mention that because going around talking about this book, many older adults I have discovered are buying this for their, for their children. adult children yeah. who don't seem to be practicing yeah. the, the faith. Yeah. And uh, so I hope that uh, um, some hearts are, are opened um, mm -hmm. by what's in here. But uh, certainly for those persons, you know, we can take hope and inspiration from St. Monica um, yes. who for years persevered. persevered in prayer for her son, St. Augustine, yeah. through his um, winding his way through, mm -hmm. through life back to, to Christianity, um, and also to be a witness themselves. Right, a um, quiet witness. Absolutely, maybe. absolutely. Not trying to cram it down their throats, but the serenity of a strong faith the Lord can use in a very powerful way mm -hmm. to, to open the hearts of others, including adult yeah, children yeah. who may have wandered away. I heard an, an expression recently that I don't think I had heard it before, but it said, get to know God while you're well, because you're going to need Him when you're not well. Absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of times we wait until we're not well, and then we're just struggling. Yeah, you, scrambling. We, we need to we need to be brought to our knees before we're yeah. willing to get on our knees, and yeah. uh, mm. you know, in it's in those circumstances that God's invitation to give our lives to Him is heard the loudest. But do we really want to wait till we find ourselves in the foxhole um, yeah. before we we cry out to Him? That's true. Yeah. Something else you just reminded me. Something else I heard recently, and it said that God would rather you be anywhere in in you know in in debt court or in the hospital than be in a place of non-relationship with God. Because He loves yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes that horrible, you know, trial that you might be going through or the divorce or that hospital is better. Mm -hmm. That's difficult. What, what did C.S. Lewis say? God whispers in our pleasures, but He shouts in our pains, <laughs> and, and sometimes He will shout to get our attention. Yes. But he'd prefer not to, yes. I think. Well, this book is not quite shouting, but it's definitely there for uh, anyone, not just the weary, the weak, and wandering, but anyone who wants to uh, strengthen their faith. Don't wait until it's fragile to strengthen it. It's something that we need to continue doing. Uh, Father Scott Hurd is a priest with the Archdiocese of Washington, and he's the author of When Faith Feels Fragile, Help for the Weary, Weak, and Wandering. Um, he's also the author of Forgiven. Forgiven. 
Uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness. A Catholic approach. Yes. <laughs> forgiveness, a Catholic <laughs> approach. We actually did that interview last year. Um, so that's why I'm not thinking about it. Um, and this book, When Faith Feels Fragile, is available uh, through Pauline Books and Media at pauline.org. That was a conversation I had with Father Scott Hurd a few weeks ago. When Faith Feels Fragile, Help for the Weary, Weak, and Wandering is published by Pauline Books and Media. You can find it at pauline.org or if you're in Canada, call 1-800-668-2078. That's 800-668-2078. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Mark Mallet, with Here You Are from his new album, Here You Are. Mystery Upon mystery Jesus here 
Mark Mallet with Here You Are from his album of the same name. Now, since we last spoke to Mark Mallet, he's been quite busy. Two new albums, Vulnerable and Here You Are. Vulnerable is a wonderful collection of 13 beautiful original songs that speak of love, loss, remembering, and finding hope. And Here You Are is a collection of some of Mark's rarely heard songs uh, about Mary from his Rosary Chaplet CD, including two new songs one that we just heard, Here You Are. And uh, to tell us about these two albums and what, about what he's been up to, I'm now joined by Mark Mallet. Mark, welcome back to the program. Hi, thanks, Pedro. So I, I, I was going to say that you've been busy, well, I said you're busy with the two albums, but you're busy with, like, chickens and cows and <laughs> hay. I guess not anymore, but the, you're, you're, like, really doing the farm thing. Well, you know, it's, it's, we do a little bit of sustenance farming here, so we, we just feed ourselves. We uh, have our own beef and eggs, and uh, we milk the cow every day. And it's, uh, when you have a family with as many kids as we do, we have eight kids, uh, seven of them still at home. Uh, uh-huh. You've got to do what you can to kind of cut the food bill down, and that helps. So, so really, you're, you actually sustain yourself. You, haven't, you grow all your own food. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we have a big garden, and uh, we do the best we can to to eat off of the the land, and it's 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 neat. It's it's a beautiful thing as well to to enter into that dance of creation and see how how um, That's creation beautiful. gives back when you give to it. I should I should have called you around Thanksgiving time. I guess it's it's Thanksgiving in the United States coming up. So that'll Canada, work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess it gives you a whole new appreciation of like I love the the dance with creation, but also just appreciation of, of what we have and how we work for what we have. That's mm-hmm. much yeah. more tangible. Nice. Um, which is what I think I like. How's that for a segue? What I like about at least the Vulnerable album, that it's not... And, and I've never gone as far to say, you know, Mark's... I mean, you're Catholic, but it's not like your music is Catholic in, the, in, the, in that sense. But I love it because it's, you know, songs of, of people and love and loss and remembering and hope. Um, I think there's something different about Vulnerable. Am I right in saying that? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I, um, you know, it, it's similar in some ways to my um, second album, which was Love Holds On. In uh-huh. fact, Love, the Love Holds On album uh, was playing on secular radio stations across the country. And, yes. And uh, did well. This new album, I wanted to write songs. Well, I, well, I should say I wrote songs. Uh-huh. It's what the Holy Spirit inspired were just songs that dealt with my own pain of loss, of suffering, and of love. And, uh, you know, we as Christians are called to transform the temporal order. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we look at a tree and we say, that's a beautiful tree. We don't say that's a Catholic tree. We just say <laughs> it's a tree. Yes. And so it is when we look at creation and in our relationships with each other. We don't... We don't call a relationship per se a Catholic relationship. 
mm-hmm. because it's good. We just say it's a good relationship. And so I really wanted to make an album that would touch so many people that would, but still bring the light of faith into it, to bring the light of hope, the light of true love, and and what in a word, beauty. Right. And to make the music beautiful, but something that people can identify with. What really makes the album vulnerable, I think, different, is I think that you've got, you do have four or five spiritual songs on them. I mean, one of them called Sweet Blessed Mother is uh-huh. just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a blatant hymn to our mother. And uh, CC that you just heard. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, these are songs that speak to our Lord. Because I think that it's, um, it makes no sense to have a kind of schizophrenia where I say I'm spiritual and I'm Catholic, but I'm not going to sing about spiritual stuff because, you know, I don't want people, I don't want to put up my, my faith, uh, my person. it's personal, you know, I don't want to foist it on people. But that's yeah. schizophrenia. If I love my wife and I love my Lord, I'm going to sing and write about both. And Vulnerable is a really unique album in that you, you can be listening to one song that you could hear on the radio, and then all of a sudden the next song you could be hearing after Mass. And even, but I, I even think that you sometimes do it in the same song. I, I mean, even the song like Beads that's in the Here You Are, and it was in your Rosary Chaplet. Right. Um, it's not, I mean, other than the fact that it's a song about people who or you know, a family that prayed the Rosary, it's really just a song about family, in yeah. a sense, right? Or... or that's um, right, passing on a tradition. A tradition, a tradition exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but sort of, you know, it's like you, you built, it's who you are. So you, if if your faith is part of your marriage, <laughs> which it is, and part of your family experience, then when you talk about family and marriage, you're going to bring in that part of you, which is it, your faith. You know, I, I guess another way to put it is is to be beautiful isn't to be Catholic. To be beautiful is to be human. Uh-huh. And Catholicism helps us to become that, to become fully human. And I think that's what I'm trying to do with this album. Is, is, it's the incarnation. is to incarnate our faith into everything. And so that means that I may sing a song that, that doesn't say anything about Jesus, but yet it does speak about life and love and fidelity. And, and that, you know, Jesus said, I'm the truth. And even though I may not say the name of Jesus, I'm still mm-hmm. speaking and singing the truth, and, and that's him still in the song. Amen. Absolutely, and I even think you've you've you've, if I can use the word, succeeded, in, in actually making the whole album a vulnerable experience. Mm. Um, that song, and we're going to pr- play it at the end of the show. Vulnerable. It's a beautiful song, but even the and they danced. It's a great song called and they danced that I can't I can't hear it. And I've been playing it in the car. I can't hear it and not choke up. There's just something about that that really t- makes me vulnerable listening to it. Right. And there's, I think there's a grace. I mean, if you say that the songs are inspired by the Holy Spirit, then there's def- definitely a grace. How do you go about to write a song like that? Well, I, I never force. Um, I mean, when I first began my ministry many years ago, I was writing two, three songs in an hour. And, and they were songs that would actually make it onto an album. I mean, it was just prolific. Right. Uh, the Lord was just pouring it out. Now, now, Pedro, I write maybe one, two songs a year, and if I don't, I don't worry about it. Right. I just wait for the Holy Spirit. And uh, it happened to me last week, in fact. I was just sat at the piano, and uh-huh. all of a sudden, here came a melody. It was beautiful. So now right. I'll go back and I'll put words to it, and, and it may not do that again for another year, but that's okay. So, so an album like Vulnerable, are you saying years in the making? I, you know, one of the songs, Too Close to My Heart, was a song uh-huh. I wrote when I was 15. Oh, my goodness. And I used to sit on the steps in our stairwell at home and sing it with my sister. Really? And four years later, she passed away. And oh. so now this song, and the song's all about losing somebody that you can't, mm-hmm. you can't hold and embrace. And 
so now that song is you know it's really a song for her on that album and um, right yeah so that was written you know 30 years ago wow and and you really I mean the, so there's the songwriting process and then there's a the whole production process as well are you you're the producer of your own albums or do you work with other producers because uh, I mean the orchestrations and I know like there's one song that you sang I guess it's CC with Kathleen Dunn you bring in other artists to collaborate is that how you yeah Kathleen Dunn beautiful Catholic artist uh, yes. who um, who's in the BC area now mm-hmm. but um you know, we collaborated with people all over North America on this album, and technology lets us do this through the internet. Yes, but yes. We used the uh, Nashville String Machine, the beautiful orchestra in Nashville. Right. You'll hear the strings are live. Uh-huh. Uh, we used a cello player from uh, from America, a dobro player from down the States, a uh, beautiful backup singer in Vancouver. I mean, on and on, and it just went, we spent a lot of money in this album to make it beautiful, and Mm-hmm, uh, we'll probably never get our money back, but but you know at least uh, you know to hear that someone like yourself is moved by a song, it, it just makes it all worth it. You know what I was now that I'm a deacon and I actually have have officiated a few marriages. I thought, oh, this would be a great gift for a married couple, mm-hmm. a couple that's getting married. So uh, so maybe a plug in there for our listeners. If you're looking for a good, cheap, <laughs> not that it's cheap, but not a, not expensive gift that's going to really move people. Um, check out Mark now. Mark, <laughs> you <laughs> you've been. <laughs> did I just say it was cheap? <laughs> that's terrible. Um, your blog. You, that's. Uh, you, would you say the the largest part of your ministry right now? You're you're reaching a lot of people through your blog. Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it is the the biggest reach. Uh, tens of thousands of readers coming there mm-hmm. every month to read it, and uh, we've talked about it before. Yes. Um, the blog really is shifting right now. I think people have woken up. The, my first writings were a lot about the times that we're living in to wake people up. Yeah. People are waking up. So now where I'm focused is on getting people to walk in hope, to walk in faith, to walk in light, to not Good. Uh, build bomb shelters and hide, no. but to actually, um, this is the time to shine like light and to be salt and light. And Really, I'm just following the footsteps of the popes. And uh, yeah, good. Pope Francis has just picked up beautifully, I think, where Benedict left off and and uh, is leading us down that path of a deep relationship with Jesus that is authentic, and that's the light the world needs. That's great, great, and good plug in there for salt and light, um, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and and Pope Francis. Yes, I know, I know. If if anybody ever really wants to really digest what the Holy Fathers are are doing, you should read Mark's blog because he's certainly very in sync with church and church teaching and church authority and what the popes are saying. Um, Mark, any new albums? Before I let you go, any I guess any more songs that are coming down the pipes or? Well, I, I have to tell you, um, uh, it's it's in it's secret, it's in the makings. But my three daughters have absolutely gorgeous voices. Really. And my eldest daughter and uh, the second one are, are actually incredible songwriters. And I, I say this objectively as a songwriter, uh-huh. admiring what their work is. I think the album that these girls are going to put out is just going to be oh stunning. Oh, my goodness. Make sure that we play it first here. Yeah, we, we'll Salt certainly send it to you. And I'm uh, also working on, a, on on recording some psalms, and I'm thinking of doing an album with my daughters on that. So oh, that would be great. That would be good. Good. So so lots of good stuff uh, coming. God Mark, willing. keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, uh, say hello to Leah, your wife, and, and, and your kids. I've, I've met them a long time ago. Yes. But I guess I have to come out to Saskatchewan and visit. You're always welcome out here in the prairies. There's, I know. there's only a few a few of us here left, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you have a cow. <laughs> have you a have cow. a cow. 
Anyway, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Pedro. God bless you. That was Mark Mallet. You can learn all about Mark, read his blog. You can book him for an event or purchase his music at his website, markmallet.com. And here now is Mark with that title track of the new album, Vulnerable. my soul in the sand and I'm begging you don't cast me on the stones I'm stepping out of my zone cause I don't want to be alone I'm telling you I am listening to Vulnerable by Mark Mallet from his newest album of the same name. And that will take us to the end of the program. Next week, we're giving away a copy of both Vulnerable and Here You Are by Mark Mallet. So two winners. All you have to do is go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio, and look where it says, stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. Enter your name and email address for a chance to win. Also, you can go to our Facebook page and like it and write something nice. And that will probably get you a free CD. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can listen to this program and all Sultan Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted Catholic music and devotions. Christian music like never before. Thanks to the generous support of artists like Mark Mallet. Check out our website and learn how you can listen to online or on the go on your mobile device. And in case you haven't memorized it, the website is saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And remember to look us up on Facebook. And you can also find me on Facebook. Look for Deacon Pedro. And my Twitter handle is at Deacon Pedro GM. Thank you for your support, for your donations. This program is available for free thanks to your financial support. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro. And this has been the Salt and Light Hour. After scar, and year after Heart retreat into the cold Loneliness companion of the old But your love makes me young again Frees me from my prison I'm letting go Now I'm letting go Because that's my heart in your hand that's my soul in the sand And I'm trusting you to love me to the end I'm stepping out of my zone Cause I don't want to be alone I'm telling you